What if you were told that you were going to have a signing bonus and all you had to do was keep your job for 24 months just to find out in month 23 that's all been taken away from you and you got to pay it back? Would you have the money? Would you have spent the money? Could you go get it if you needed to pay it back? More importantly, are you prepared to be sued? Welcome back to the What's Your More podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Harris. And in this episode, we're going to tackle what's really going on in the mortgage environment. And I'm not talking loans right now. This economy has impacted so many people in so many different ways, including people in the lending industry, but not just because they're not getting loans, not because interest rates are at 8% and not because people can't afford to get certain homes right now. I'm talking about loan officers that received signing bonuses in 2021 based on their success in 2020 and early and mid-late 2021 just to find out those signing bonuses are being asked to be returned. How could that happen? How could that be the case? Well, in one of the latest episodes, I want to talk about what's going on around the world with some of the competitors out there. Just recently in this report, we found we're guaranteed rate which is one of the largest mortgage lenders in the United States, offered signing bonuses to many loan officers. And the terms and conditions of that simply were, you need to stay employed for 24 months. And on month 23, these individuals are being let go. And more importantly, being sued to return the money that they were given. Now, I'm not here to take sides. I could care less about this. However, I do think this is a great example of how the economy is impacting businesses and the decisions and what they're making. I think this is not a great decision. It's not a good look for this company. And I think it's going to come back to probably burn them later on in a recruiting manner when they go to hire other loan officers, because this is all over the tabloids right now. And the reality is this, some of these loan officers received extensive, exuberant, I mean, seven-figure signing bonuses. Now, they're not star athletes, you know, they're not out there making these major contract situations. They just got paid based on a formula this company created that said, if you were doing XYZ in 2020 and in 2021, you're probably going to do that again in 22, 23, so forth and so on. What they didn't take into consideration was that how much the market can change like that at a drop of a dime. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, we've talked about on this show over and over again, the rise in interest rates, the unprecedented of what's going on here or there, but it stopped production. And when it stopped production, in this case, this company put a minimum requirement on every loan officer saying, hey, listen, you need to be closing XYZ of loans or we're going to have to let you go. Well, that was never in the contract to begin with when you gave all of this money away to these loan officers. And now the expectation is being readjusted and you're asking for the money back after you let them go. Not just one, not just two. We're talking hundreds of loan officers that this has happened to. And guaranteed rate's not the only company. I mean, in this article, they list other names in particular that are doing the same thing. But the reality is this. If you're going to give someone a signing bonus, and the only string attached to that per the contract is that you keep your job for 24 months, and I'm sure the contract read whether you're fired or whether you quit on your own, you owe that money back. But to fire someone for something, let's say, you know, minimum production goal, whatever they did, you know, and then ask for all of that back at month 23 and not a prorated amount, that seems a little jacked up. And I'll tell you one thing, uh, in my opinion, the one thing that's not guaranteed at guarantee rate might be the signing bonus. That's the one thing I'm taking away from this is that, you know, this is a bad look for them. It's a bad look for the environment. It's a bad look in general because it's hard for me to cry a river over someone that got a signing bonus at six, seven figures. Like, I don't really feel bad for that person either because um, the reality is, you know, they probably maybe burned the company they worked for on the way out to go get that signing bonus. But I'll say, 
this is a this is a bad look for our environment, right? Loan officers are getting out of the business because they they can't make it work in this environment because they didn't have a book of business. They were a refinance platform or, you know, many different things. They didn't have relationships. The list goes on and on. In 2020 and 2021, you couldn't make an outbound phone call because the darn phone was ringing so much inbound. You really didn't have to to, to do as much work as you're doing right now. And Daniel Halverson has said to me over and over again, um, and I'll give him credit for this. He said he heard that, you know, being a loan officer is the easiest $250,000 job you'll ever have, but it's the hardest $60,000 job you ever had. And boy, does that hold true more now than ever. You know, we're in some tough times and, you know, there's people that have been through this, like myself, this is my third cycle through this industry and it doesn't get any easier. However, you turn to, you tend to learn from your mistakes. You know, you tend to learn from the things you, in the past, I, I, I have a lot of friends in this industry. We talk about the financial scars that you see on your arms from 2008. And you, you don't ever want to go back to that and do things that, that put you in a position to have that same, you know, level of stress and, and, and just, you know, things you don't need in your life. But this doesn't help when the company you work for or used to work for fires you and essentially hits you with a, a six-figure bill that you've got to pay back in a limited amount of time. And if you don't, I'm going to sue you. And that's what they've done. They have sued these loan officers that used to work for them that are refusing to pay back that money. And they're saying it's a contractual obligation. As a matter of fact, the attorney in this situation for guarantee rate, when commented and asked about this, I'm going to pull this up. He said, we're well within our contractual obligations to ask for this money back. He said, um, and doesn't even apologize for what they're going. He says, we're not going to be apologetic about exercising our legal rights to recover our money. I mean, if that's not the biggest, like, you know what, like some of these dudes are probably struggling. I mean, some of them might not be, they might've switched and went to another company. I mean, you fired them, they have the right to go somewhere else, but to turn around and kind of say, Hey, listen, this is, this is your fault. Now you owe us the money back. The economy's not their fault. You know, the lack of what's going on in the mortgage industry is not their fault. Like, and, that, and, and to fire someone based on that right at the tail end of the agreement and then ask for all that money back. That's just like a perfect metaphor of what's going on in our industry right now, where companies will turn on employees to get money back to help that company be more financially solvable. And to me, that's just like, it's unheard of. It doesn't happen. And so, you know, uh, if you want to take a look at this article, we're going to have the link in our YouTube channel um, at What's Your One More with Number One. Take a look at it on here. I mean, it's some of the most uh, ridiculous stuff you'll read about on here um, that they're doing, they're asking for. But again, it's it's hundreds of loan officers. And, you know, our friends over at MBS Highway, Barry Habib, um, he pointed out the other day, I'm going to look at these notes, that 160,000 loan officers is what we had at the peak of the industry. So 160,000, I think the peak was December of 2021. So that's a lot of people in this industry. You know, when I got into the industry, there was less than, I think, 15,000. So 160 is really, really a ton. We're down to 90. We're down to 90,000 right now. So we've already had almost half exit out of the industry. And probably by the beginning of the year, we'll see another set go out as well. And that's what times like this do is they they make it tough. It's a constraint, it's a constricting environment. And this is there's job fallout from that. And you know, that doesn't even include underwriters, processors. I mean, the mortgage industry, you know, has gone from 420,000 to 337,000, um, you know, and, and so there's, there's a massive decline. That's, that's in total, all positions, right? Minus real estate agents, um, quite a bit going on there. And you also see that the, just the actual pay itself has gone down dramatically. Uh, and it is a very feast or famine market out there on the real estate side of things. And I think that that, you know, just kind of speaks to the difference of what's going on in, in this industry right now with rates and what it's bringing to the table. And again, I'll go back to decision-making that companies are making right now. This is a prime example. Like you would never have heard of this two years ago. 
18 months ago. This wouldn't be a, it'd be an afterthought, but it's what you're seeing right now. And it's a different environment. And uh, I think it's going to stay like this for a little bit time to come. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. The team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. So another popular trend that you see in this environment that we're in right now is the concept of buy now, refinance later. And I don't know how many times we've said that over the last year, really in our industry here, but it does pose the question, like, what are we talking about when we tell people that, hey, listen, buy now, refinance later? I'm even seeing lenders go as far as saying, hey, we'll do your refinance for free when you come back. And the thing about that is, as a consumer, like really take a minute to understand the fact that there's no such thing as a free lunch. And when lenders say, hey, we'll do it for free, be wary of that. I mean, the reality is this is what are they going to do for the refinance? Are they going to waive their lender fee? I mean, there's still associated costs that go with the refinance that, that can't be waived by that lender. Uh, are they going to raise the interest rate to absorb the total cost? And are you really getting a great deal? Or are you going to be able to shop around and find a lower rate? And the reality is doing the loan now I would say don't do it now under the pretense that, you know, excuse me, if you're going to do it, don't do it under the pretense that you're getting to do a refinance for free. That's such a gimmicky thing. And again, it just speaks to the environment and the decision-making that companies are doing right now. It's such a big reach to say, hey, we'll do this for free X amount of time frame from now. Most of them cap it at two years are the ones that I'm seeing. I mean, what if we're in a rate environment where we stay like this for two years? I mean, I don't think we will, but I mean, are we going to go down to where it's 5% two years from now? Maybe, but maybe maybe we don't. And then so all of a sudden your, your expiration date has expired and you no longer get a free refinance. Or what if for some reason something comes up and your credit score goes down and you don't qualify for that? Or what if you have to encumber more debt and now you're outside of the lines of being able to do a refinance because your debt ratio is out of whack? I mean, there's so many what ifs in there that when you see this type of, you know, uh, a you know, advertisement, if you may, there's just, don't buy into that. There's just no, hell, the company may not even be in business. Let's think about that right now. We're talking about consolidation and constriction in our industry. I've seen multiple competitors go out of business over the course of the last 90 days. And over the course of the last six months, the amount of consolidation that's happening in our industry is absolutely unseen. And what I mean by that is you've got two companies. You might have a company that's regional on the West Coast and a company that's regional on the East Coast, and they've got multiple operations, multiple accounting centers, and they just say, you know what, let's just merge and we'll get rid of, you know, our, our accounting and our HR and, you know, all of our back end office because we'll just merge one and get rid of the other one and that will save on cost and that'll help us survive. I mean, right now the industry and the turmoil that's going on is just, it's never been seen like this before. Yeah, we've seen rates like this before, but we haven't seen the amount of constriction that we're seeing right now. Because you know, there's also this concept of you know the race to the bottom. And what I mean by that is this, is that every lender is pricing right now to outprice each other just to try to get a deal. And sometimes you know, there's this theology that when you're constantly cutting costs to get to the bottom, that 
the no one wins. More importantly, you know who the biggest loser in that situation is? It's usually the consumer. And I mean, I can go on and give many of examples to show that, but I'll start with this one. You know, do you think if you're making less on a particular loan that you're giving the best customer service for that? No, that's how that works. I mean, you can deny it all you want to. That's how that happens. I mean, let's go back to the airlines, for example. Go back to the early 80s, you know, when the first airline came out and said, we're going to offer a meal in flight, they were able to charge more for that ticket. But that only lasted about six months before the other airlines started offering a meal on that flight. And the next thing you know, what do they do? They're cutting costs again. When's the last time you stepped on an airline and had a full meal? When's the last time you stepped on the airline and said, man, this was just amazing. I'm so glad that I did this. When's the last time you looked online and seen people raving good about the airlines? That's how that stuff works usually. It starts as a cost battle and you work your way down and it doesn't work out for the consumer because why? what happens is the company has less profitability. They can't pay their employees enough. The employees typically aren't happy to come to work and that oozes in a terrible experience for the consumer. Same thing happens in lending every single time. And I can point to many of examples where that happens on the lending side of things. And again, it can be denied all it wants to, but I've seen it happen and it's always going to be like that when it's a race to the bottom. It's a very dangerous proposition to keep cutting, cutting, cutting to win the deal, if you may. So again, if you see something like this where someone's saying, hey, listen, buy now, refinance later, we'll pay for your refinance. Really get into the details of that and then ask yourself, am I buying this home on the premise of that or am I just buying this home because I really want this home? I can always do my own refinance later. Give me the best deal now so I don't have to worry about the refinance later. So just want to share that with you guys. If you find this topic, man, or interesting, please five-star review this podcast. Share it with a friend, share it with a family member. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Amazon. And then again, check us out on our socials at What's Your One More. Till the next time, guys, we'll see you on What's Your One More. I got one more shot, I'm gonna make it. One more chance, I'm gonna take it I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it I got one life to live, so I put all into it, yeah